1: Of the Podmania podcast. We're looking back at TakeOver Chicago 2 and Money in the Bank. We are very, very late to the party on this one. Unfortunately, I wasn't very well on Thursday. Not well enough to do the podcast anyway, but we've got lots of thoughts, lots of takes. And this way, we get to talk a little bit about the fallout from Money in the Back, which... Money in the Back? Money in the Bank? It's my hay fever, mate. Money in the Bank, which, to be honest, there's been two pieces of huge news coming from the Money in the Bank fallout. But we'll get to that. Garth, how are you?
0: Good, man. Enjoying the footy, the wrestling, and the weather.
1: It's a good time to be a man. Definitely. Yes. Definitely a good time to be a man. Not a bald man, though, because my head's been burning. Are you a bald man? Oh, dear. <laughs> I am. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, sl- I'm a little bit... Well, No, I'm brown, actually. I haven't burned, which makes <laughs> a change, really. Um, but I went to a festival yesterday, and the... Sun was shining, the gin was flowing, the music was playing. It was a good day. A good way to spend a Saturday. Perfect way to have it. Yeah. Even if I do have to do a two hours on the bar. But we won't talk about that. Hey. Um, anyway, we'll start off with and we're gonna jump through we're gonna jump straight into this. We're gonna kind of We're not gonna go through all the matches in detail because, you know, there's fifteen, sixteen matches if you count the pre show of Money in the Bank. And we just you don't wanna hear us go through every match beat by beat. <laughs> And we wouldn't, especially for TakeOver Chicago, we wouldn't do it justice. But, you know, we're going to give our takes. We're going to say whether we agreed with the results. I'm just going to put it out there. Garth won both of these, so it's now 3 all. after all my gloating in the predictions episode. <laughs> yes. I will yeah. say now, though, that if we hadn't have changed the Ricochet-Velveteen Dream one, just for the sake of, you know, in inverted <laughs> commas, competition, <laughs> we would have both been fine with NXT. But it's fine. <laughs> When it comes to extreme rules, I'm on it. Oh, God. <laughs> but we started the night with the Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong, um, coming down with Adam Cole, uh, taking on Only Lorkin and Danny Birch for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Now, I don't know about you, Garth, but when this match got announced, and this was one of the first matches announced for this TakeOver show, I was a little bit hesitant, because I know that Only Lorkin and Danny Birch have been a tag team for... You know, not a large amount of time, but they have been together for a while. But they have yeah. had a lot of TV time, and to throw them straight into a takeover against you know Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong, who are fantastic, I was a little bit hesitant. I thought that is this going to be as good as it was, and it surpassed my expectations tenfold. I
0: thought it was a really good match. Yeah,
1: yeah I thought it was excellent. I thought both only looking to the f- to the point where at the start of the match we had deafening, deafening chant. Chance of undisputed, yeah. Um, and to to for me anyway, even though the undisputed era are undoubtedly heels, it seemed like they were the faces, and only Lorcan and Danny Birch were the heels. I was, I, I mean, I put, I put my nut. Who's, who's playing what
0: role here? Because the crowd reaction would have had you think undisputed were the, the faces here,
1: and it's you know it's that it's that bloody conversation again where we say. Are smart marks ruining the face heel because you know they're chanting undisputed? They're loving life because everyone loves Adam Cole, everyone loves Carl O'Reilly. Roderick Strong is fantastic, you know. But he's, they all he's,
0: he's supposed to be heels. He's come on so much since joining that team. Roderick Strong, yeah, he's
1: an absolutely unbelievable wrestler. If you mm. haven't seen it, you need to go and check out his work in Ring of Honor. His work in Ring of Honor is absolutely incredible. Um, the thing that did surprise me was that Adam Cole came down with the Undisputed Era. He was involved in this match, yet no title defence. And that really did, well, surprise me, really, especially yeah. as we had all this hoo-ha about it being a brand-new title at TakeOver New Orleans and then for it not to be on the show at all, really. I mean, uh-huh. you look at the card and you think, yeah, well, what match are you going to get rid of? I mean, the only other match you can really get rid of is Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream. Well, that was a bloody <laughs> awesome match, so we can't yeah. get rid of that. Um, Getting back into this match, though, it was a really, really hard-hitting affair. Lorcan and Birch are hard as nails.
0: There was this, one. They totally remind me of um the what do you call him who got thingy last year. Then he got a really bad injury. I can't remember the name of the bloody thingy now. The two hard hitters from the NXT. What's that team called again? I mean, blind. I mean, mine's just gone blank. <laughs> I think it's like it's sunstroke. Can um, you
1: be more specific?
0: The guy with the handlebar moustache and the bald head. They're both the tag team that just got put up last year and then he got a in, bad injury.
1: Handlebar, moustache and a bald head.
0: Yeah. Oh, Christ, what the hell are they called? Honestly, mine just won't work.
1: Okay, I'll tell you what, we'll come back to that. We'll back to that. And uh, if we get halfway through Money in the Bank and you eventually <laughs> remember who it is, um, there was one horrific spot in this and it was when um, Birch had got Roderick Strong on his shoulders and Lorcan had got to the top rope Kyle Riley pushed Lorcan from the oh, top yeah. rope and he hit the apron spine first. And the noise it made, <laughs> I'm amazed he could walk. Because honestly, that sound was absolutely deafening and it echoed all the way around the arena. It was horrible. Absolutely horrible. Um, We saw only Lorcan going over the top rope, which I didn't think would ever happen. Didn't seem as his style at all. No. Um, there was a lovely moment when Lorcan had Roderick Strong in a single leg Boston Crab. Um, Kylo Riley kicked only Lorcan in the face, or he thought only Lorcan to kind of gurn <laughs> back at him. Um, Danny Birch then locked him, uh, Kylo Riley, in a crossface. Um, Kylo Riley turned over, kicked only Lorcan in the head to break that hold, which in turn broke the Danny Birch hold. And it was just a lovely piece yeah. of Matt wrestling. It was really, really good. Everything these two teams did. Meshed so well.
0: I like them. Um, I like the Birch. He's, he's well, the Captain to but total sort of British, like a sort of William Regal style. Yeah, very much wrestler.
1: So. Yeah, very yeah, much.
0: Because I, so. I recognised him. I remember because I'm sure he was in the the British tournament. He got the UK tournament. He was. Yeah. He
1: lost two.
0: Did, did he have to sort of just retire? Because. Well, retire the match because he got his head split open. Well, his, or it was the a other very guy
1: strange, out. strange finish because Jordan Devlin kicked him and he split the back of his head and then he got rolled up yeah. and he kicked out at two, but it was given as a three count. So whether it was the actual end of the match, whether Devlin was supposed to go on into the second round, I don't know. Mm. But that's what I remember Danny Birch for as well. And obviously he was part of NXT as almost part of enhancement talent, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's good to see. He, I think especially after this match, obviously the Undisputed Era eventually got the win with... It was almost like a last chapter. Yeah. Um, with Kyler Riley kicking the bottom of Lorcan and then um, Roderick Strong doing an in Zaguri at the same time. Um, Adam Cole got thrown out of the match, obviously. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because why else would he be there? Um, but the Undisputed Era retain... Only Lorkin and Danny Birch got a standing ovation at the end of this match. Yeah, I've, I've got that written down actually. Yeah, like... Which sort of goes to show, you know, as I, as I alluded to before, at the start of the match, you were unsure over who were the faces, who were the heels. Mm-hmm. But to be, you know, the crowd were almost apathetic yeah. towards Lorkin and Birch at the start. And then to have a standing ovation at the end just goes to show how well they did in the match and how well I think they put was, themselves over. It
0: was. It was the crowd on both sides sort of showing a massive appreciation for the quality of the wrestling.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Not even, the, not even
0: so much the characters.
1: I mean, this was—I think this was 4.5 stars. Meltzer's given it, mm-hmm. um, which you know it's high praise indeed. It's you know it's a high rating, and I think this was my second favorite match of the night. I thought it was absolutely yeah. brilliant. It just
0: seems to um, every every time they seem to the right notes on these tag matches they yep. never seem too long and they never seem too manic at the same time
1: i'm not gonna lie when diy split up i was very very worried about the state of the nxt tag division because <laughs> we'd lost diy we'd lost the revival who were the two stalwarts of that division
0: that's you them know? that's who i was thinking of as well oh uh,
1: the revival me. That's you think scott dawson Yeah, yeah i can see that no flips, just fists. I can see that just, kind of approach. Just like
0: an old school,
1: yeah? Yeah. Um, and look how well they've been used on the main roster, he says, <laughs> hugely sarcastically. Um, you know, you've got the authors of pain moving on. So I was sort of worried about the state of the tag division and where they go. And, you know, I didn't need to be because we've had, you know, in the two takeovers we've had, you know, New Orleans, Chicago, we've had two really, really, really good tag matches. Yeah. I
0: think it's like, it's just. It shows the, the type of quality they've got there. Every time they're having like such like a, a regeneration, like people thought when Sami Zayn moved up, who's gonna take that spot? And then when sort of Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe and then Double A and they all move on and there's always somebody else. Yeah. I... And, and I mean better in some cases.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean you look at the roster now, and then of course we got introduced to NXT's newest star, which was obviously Keith Lee, which he's going to be fantastic. Um, you know, you look at the roster, you look at the depth of the roster, and they're having to put people into tag teams to get people TV time. Yeah. It's and a it's good working. time to be watching NXT. <laughs> NXT. I mean, it's, it's easily... I mean, I've, I've said before that 205 Live is the best show especially over the last few months, but they've put on a couple of dud shows, and NXT is consistently brilliant. Consistently yeah. fantastic. So it it is the best product WWE puts out there. Definitely. definitely. And it's their developmental. So <laughs> what does that tell you?
0: We just look who's in charge. That's...
1: Well, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm not saying that once Triple H takes over, it's going to be a completely different thing. It's going to be better, but I'm sure... There's going to be a lot of things that are different and possibly for the better. Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) Uh, we moved on to a match between Ricochet and the Velveteen Dream next. And one of the things that I was most looking forward to was the Velveteen Dream's attire. And I've got that written down as the first thing. (laughs) He came down to the ring dressed as Hulk Hogan, which was absolutely fantastic. Crossed. Savage as well. It was it was just amazing. He is the most charismatic man on that roster. A, He's yeah, brilliant. Damn. He's absolutely yeah. fantastic.
0: It's so good when uh, Nigel McGuinness as well says, what are you going to do when it comes crashing down? <laughs> <laughs> when the dream comes crashing down? <laughs> McGuinness was great again
1: for this, paper. He's absolutely yeah, fantastic. Totally no Moro, though. He was on Showtime Boxing, which I'm really disappointed at. Vic Joseph <laughs> did a really good job. It was, I thought it was alright. Yeah. I mean, I did miss more, I'm not going to lie. But, you know, I thought Vic Joseph did a really good thing. Ricochet came down next. He looked absolutely fantastic. He yeah. got a fantastic pop as well. There was a wonderful moment at the start of the match where they tried to recreate the uh, Hogan and Rock thing from WrestleMania 18. <laughs> I saw that. When uh, you had half the crowd shouting Velveteen and half the crowd shouting Ricochet.
0: Dream was doing the Hogan thing.
1: Yes. Yes. I mean,. The entire premise of this match was Velveteen attempting to outperform Ricochet Mm -hmm. and show everyone that Ricochet was not as good as he said he was. And for especially the first 10 minutes of this match, Velveteen, Dream spent a lot of time grounding Ricochet, Mm -hmm. which, you know, really good tactic. Um, There was a lovely moment where Velveteen started to use Ricochet's moves against him. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lovely springboard moment. There was a lovely sort of flip over the ropes, which um, Nigel McGuinness absolutely loved. Oh, yeah. Um, I just I think, think like, the,
0: yeah. like, the dream totally, totally changed his uh, style for this match. He s- slowed everything down.
1: It was a different match entirely to his Alistair Black match. Uh-huh.
0: He played the total heel card, where he sort of worked on body parts, and he was deliberate with everything. It just... I think, like, I don't think I've ever seen anyone this good at this stage. Yeah, he's so naturally
1: good. Well, when did he debut? Just before the Alistair Black match, and what was the that was War Games, wasn't it? So that's November. Mm -hmm. You know, we're in June. The rate of of which, you know, there was Velveteen Dream chance at Money in the Bank. (laughs) I mean, come on. That just goes to show how good he is. There was a moment where Ricochet went for a suplex on the outside. They were on the apron, and instead, Velveteen Dream suplexed him off the apron Out, onto the yeah. oh my god onto the outside, and again the slap of Ricochet's back <laughs> on it. It was almost like it was just concrete. There wasn't any padding, and
0: there you was, could um, tell
1: from Ricochet's face that holy shit that hurt. That, yeah,
0: there was a uh, like an ear off the top rope.
1: Yes, as well. <laughs> well, there was a Death Valley, dri- a rolling Death Valley driver in yeah, the top rope. Like that. That's what it was, and just that move in itself is absolutely beautiful. And um, Ricochet did one on Velveteen, and then Velveteen mm. did one on Ricochet later on. Um, there was a lovely then... moment where Ricochet was on the floor, and Velveteen went up top for the purple Raymaker. Ricochet rolled to the other side of the ring, <laughs> and, Rico- and Velveteen and Velveteen kind of went. I can probably make that. Yeah, and yeah. attempted to make it, which, to be fair, he had to pull out of it to stop making it yeah. because he'd have made it quite easily. Um, he missed that. Uh, Ricochet went up top, delivered the six thirty cents on, which is an absolutely fantastic move. And that secured in the win. Really, really good match. Velveteen Dream just keeps getting better and better and better. I mean, are we going to see him with a title before he goes up to the main roster? Do you think?
0: I hope so I hope they keep him. I hope so. Because I don't want him to be pushed up there far too soon. Yeah. And then just get lost, completely lost.
1: I'm whenever I mention Velveteen Dream going up to the main roster, the first thing people say to me is, Oh, can you imagine a tag team between him and Gold Dust? And it's like, No. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I can't. Is. And do you know what? I am worried that that is what they'll do. They'll just see two very flamboyant characters and they'll just think, you're a tag team. Yeah. And that's not what you want, like, at all, at all. But, you know, this didn't get as high as the tag team match. This was given four and a quarter stars by Meltzer, and I'm not quantifying a match by Meltzer's ratings whatsoever. (laughs) You know, we are human beings. We can think what we like. Um. But this was another fantastic, fantastic match. A really yeah. good match. This led into the women's championship match between the champion Shayna Baszler and Nikki Cross. This was a strange match, this. But Nikki Cross's character work led it to being a completely different match than we've seen from Shayna Baszler.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, I thought it was all right. Again, I think like Shayna Baszler gets better with every match.
1: She does. Absolutely. Absolutely. And she's not just relying. On the MMA moves, which as a gimmick, fine, absolutely fine, but you still need to employ some wrestling moves. Yeah. And she did. I mean, Nikki Cross pushed her to the edge. There was one. There was one moment where I genuinely thought Nikki Cross was going to take it when she took the um, the net breaker off the top rope, and then yeah. um, Basil managed to get a foot on the rope at the last minute. And obviously that tra- that transitioned into the ending, which we'll get to in a moment. But what do you think about Nikki Cross's uh, character work in this match?
0: Just, just, I've got it written down. It's just, just mental. <laughs> I loved
1: it. I absolutely loved it because Shayna Baszler just, it was almost legitimate confusion, especially where there was one moment where um, Nikki Cross is on her back pretending to be a cat <laughs> and Baszler goes to attack her and just Nikki Cross just doesn't move which is amazing. There was one point where um, Nicky Cross is standing in front of Shane Baszler and goes, come on, attack me. Basil yeah. wouldn't do it, so she turned her back and went, come on, yeah, come on. That was so good. And then as Basil went to her, she jumped around and went, boom, which, you know, <laughs> made and Baszler, go, it was just fantastic. Um, it really, really was. Baszler, obviously, constantly, constantly trying to get in the cl- uh, kerr to clutch, you know, to try and get Nicky Cross to black out. We talked about the neck breaker from... The top row sort of a draping net breaker, wasn't it? From the top row. Yeah. Um, Basil managed to get a foot on. As Nikki Cross then sort of tried to go and roll her up for a second attempt, Basil reversed it, got her in the clutch, and there was a lovely moment where, to the hard cam, you've got Shayna Basil screaming into the <laughs> hard cam, and yeah. you've got Nikki Cross smiling as she slowly blacked out, and it was fantastic. Yeah. And it
0: they just was set absolutely up Absolutely
1: brilliant. It just sets
0: up for like another match straight away,
1: yeah, absolutely. And she just blacked out, they didn't make a tap out, which was brilliant. And Shayna Baszler retains, which is the correct result. I absolutely think that's what should have happened,
0: yeah, yeah definitely.
1: Um, not much to say really about the match apart from that. <sighs> Dave Meltzer, give it two and a quarter stars.
0: It's, nah, I mean, there it was, was more, it, it wasn't sort of a standout match, but it
1: character wise, it was excellent, yeah, absolutely. And again. Ladies and gentlemen, please don't think that we are basing all our thoughts on Dave Meltzer's um, star ratings. It's just that leaving it a week after the pay-per-view, we do get these things that we can use. And obviously, Dave Meltzer released his, um, his star ratings three days ago. So it was just, it's easy, it's interesting to see what other people thought. I mean, I I personally thought this was a better match than two and a quarter stars. I thought, yeah. yes, it wasn't a world beater, and yes, it's not going to be one we're going to be talking about in a couple of weeks' time, but the character work from Nikki Cross, and the way that Shayna Baszler is improving in the ring, and it was a solid match, so there was no botches, mm-hmm. I thought this was a decent match.
0: Yeah, it was good. It was. I mean, it was probably on par with anything sort of WWE are putting out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, so what, I agree. It wasn't like the dropped quality is just because of the matches that this was sort of in contention with.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, we then moved on to what was, for me, a pretty disappointing match. Um, we mm-hmm. we had the NXT Championship match between Alistair Black and Lars Sullivan. Now, in case you didn't know, Lars Sullivan is quite big. <laughs> and basically what this means is Lars Sullivan attempts to crush Alistair Black throughout the entire match, and that's pretty much what we had, with Alistair Black then attempting to sort of weather the storm. There was a lot of knees, a lot of suplexes, a lot of body slams from Lars Sullivan, but there wasn't a moment really where I thought, holy shit, this is amazing. It was very yeah. much an almost, almost a by-the-numbers match.
0: I think it was... Um... I mean I've got like the, the opening video and everything like that was really good because it sort of made it made Lars look like such a monster. Yeah. And and that he sort of he had everything to answer everything that
1: Alistair Black could throw at him. Yeah, which was obviously especially right at the very, very start, when we talked about catching the black mass and then he mm-hmm. caught another one. You yeah. know, it was almost a you know, how are you going to stop Lars Sullivan when this is your only weapon? Um I just thought, I don't know, I thought, this, I mean, this has
0: always been my criticism so far of Alistair Black. He only seems to really have one style and one sort of like tempo. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, it's, I don't know. He's not a wrestling wrestler, is he? He's a, he's a striker. Yeah. But uh, I, I couldn't help but when I was watching it. Those punches that he was doing—it just reminds us of Shane McMahon. Oh God, yeah, I can see
1: that. I can see
0: that. Oh, he to- totally said that. Any legitimacy that he has, took it away with those punches.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus. Yeah. <gasps> but to be honest, I hadn't really thought about it because I thought, you know, it's it's his style. He's a striker. And now, yeah, there was one part, there was one moment where he was doing those punches, but he didn't seem to be making any contact with with uh, Sullivan at all. Just seemed to be sort of patting his midriff. Which, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I mean,
0: there were some good shots. I mean, a couple of the knees that he did were pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, And sort of the, obviously the Black Mass is like a good finishing move when you can hit it. Yeah. Um, But my criticism of that finishing move has always been, it's it's quite easy to dodge. It's quite
1: easy to get out of the way. Yeah. But I suppose, you know, especially early on in matches, you have a lot of people going for their you know, there's the one I always remember where the Miz and Dean Ambrose for the Intercontinental Championship last year, where the entire opening sequence of their match was them reverting each <laughs> other's finishing yeah, moves. Yeah, I suppose I you know, there's got to be a certain element there where you can dodge that finisher, otherwise, as soon as it's set up, you're like, "Oh, well, that's it." You know, and for a while that was it for Alistair Black, wasn't it? So, yeah, I mean, it was
0: still it was. I mean, it was a good. It was a good match.
1: It was <sighs> I don't know, I, it's my least favourite Alistair Black match and I don't want to put that down to Lars Sullivan because Lars Sullivan did better than I thought he would. He's far more athletic than he has any right to be at that size, you know. Go the for the um, Top rope all the time. Exactly, going to the top rope to get the diving head, but missed one, hit one, so, but he did botch the Black Mass.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, the first one And, you know, the NXT audience in their infinite wisdom did not miss it. They did start chanting, you fucked up. Yeah, I mean, even McGuinness
0: picked up, but he did say, oh, he he didn't catch it. He didn't catch it. Which is where a good commentary team
1: really, really helps. Yeah. Um, He did it the second one because this was a good moment in the match. Uh, Black had hit, well, I say hit, you know, in inverted commas. The first black mass and um, Sullivan got to his knees and said, come on. Yeah, you know, really yelled at him, so Black me with another one that sounded like it properly connected. Yeah, um, and it was it was good the fact that it took two to put him down as well. Yeah, exactly. It's like whenever Braun Strowman faces Roman Reigns, it takes one spear for him to put him mm-hmm. down. It's like for fuck's sake, come on! Yeah, some character work for God's sake, which is good because you know it took two, and. Yeah, again the right man, the right man retained. I don't think Lars Sullivan looked weak in this match. I think he can go on a tear in the mid card, which is where he belongs. Yeah. Um it
0: was, it's alright, it was just
1: I mean it was just a good match. Yeah. I mean it's gonna be interesting to see who the next challenger to Alistair Black is. Um I mean you've got to look at people like Adam Cole, you know, are you well, gonna go Ricochet, you're gonna go Velveteen Dream, you're looking at Champa? Champa, yeah, I think maybe. It's there are a few people now, so I think Lord Sullivan's has had his chance. He hasn't taken it. He's done well in the match. I think game down the mid card, you know, improve him even further. If he needs another shot, give him another shot. I I'm not opposed to seeing him with the title eventually. I just don't think now's his time. Right, you still there? Hello. Oh yeah. Sorry. Off for a second there. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Don't know what happened. There we had a slight cough. Um, so, but it's fine because it leads in to our main event, which was fantastic. Quite yeah. frankly, uh, to <laughs> Champer taking on Johnny Gargano in a Chicago street fight. Um, this was brutal from the very off. This was. Yeah. Um, my theory of Candice LeRae getting involved was instantly, instantly. Shot down. Whereas Johnny Gargano was walking down to the arena dressed as Captain America. By the way, um, <laughs> she came to the ring. She well, she came to his by his side with a crutch and said, "Beat that asshole." I was like, oh, "Okay, so she's not getting involved in yeah. crap."
0: Um,
1: but what a my, pred-
0: my prediction wasn't either. <laughs> yeah, EC3. He was in the audience randomly.
1: Um, <laughs> that, that, that's what gave us hope. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him, I was like, oh please don't get involved. <laughs> For God's sake, I'm already I'm already dead. Stop it. Um but yeah, this was there was so much here to dissect. I mean yeah. everything from Gargano absolutely taking Champa apart at the start, that proper rush of blood at the start. Yeah. Um, you know, doing the crossbody, they went straight into the audience. Gargano did the cross body from the top. Um you know, Back, you've got the, all that stuff with the stairs stop, and the, the chair. The
0: stop, stop sign inside the poster. The stop sign inside the
1: poster, Johnny Gorgono's poster, which was brilliant. It's so
0: good. And the, the, I don't know if you noticed, but there was a guy in the crowd and he was shouting, You're the devil jumper! Yes,
1: how could I How could I miss that? How <laughs> could I miss that? He was right next to him. It's so good. Um, <laughs> but there was one, like I said, there was a, um, a spot with the chair and the steps where Gorgono had his head oh, rammed into a chair. And I'm and sorry, then Champa just launched Johnny into the steps, and oh, I have no idea how it didn't decapitate him, but obviously it didn't. It was horrible. We then had an air raid crash onto the steel steps from the outside, which looked ridiculously painful. Every time Champa hit one of his knees, it yeah. looked savage. It almost looked like a Kenny Omega V trigger. And then while he was doing it with the bin lid as well... Oh, God, I It proper looked like he was taking everything out of Johnny Gargano. He hit a Project it... champa really early on as well.
0: It was the bit where, um, where he, he kept um, giving them the suplexes and even said he's been taking a suplex city. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what, what I loved was there was about... Uh, this match went just over 35 minutes. And within 12, 13 minutes... Both men had done their signatures. Yeah. And no pinfall attempt had been tried. No. And, you know, Nigel McGuinness said, they don't want to finish this match yet. They want to hurt each other as much as possible. And it was like, that's brilliant. Something so simple. Um there was a bit where Champa's inside a bin and Gargano <laughs> super kicks the bin. Well, that was brilliant. That's class. Um, and the bit where he just started cutting the mat. Oh, yeah. Well, that sort of leads into the finish, doesn't it? Um yeah. Obviously, Champer had attempted a couple of pinfalls, couldn't get Johnny to lie down, so went under the ring to get clippers. Everyone went mental. It was like, why are you cheering that? He's only going to hurt him. Yeah. turns out they weren't for Johnny Wrestling. He clipped, took the matting off the actual ring and exposed all the wood. Um wasn't used for a bit. They went up to the top. They recreated the scene from TakeOver Chicago, which started all of this, literally beat for beat, which was brilliant. I loved that. The only thing that I hate, well, the only thing I didn't like about that was I don't think the commentary team should have said anything.
0: Yeah. I
1: don't think they should have said, oh, this harkens back to TakeOver Chicago. Let the audience make that sort of jump.
0: Yeah.
1: Let them do that subtly. If you, if like the commentary team hadn't said anything, that would have been such an amazing moment. You know, they are in Chicago, to so harken back almost exactly to how this all started would have been perfect. There was a similar bit with his wedding ring, which we'll go on to in a moment. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> but after oh, no, After this, they went to a handily placed table and there was some kind of, I don't know, I don't know what they jumped off really. It was almost like the back of a lorry. It was, um, yeah, it was like some boxes put up. Yeah. Like there was about a 15 foot drop from these boxes to the tables below, and Johnny Wrestling is completely, completely out. Got um, Champers holding mop, takes his wedding ring off, spits on it, throws it into the audience, which is amazing. <laughs> he then goes for a, um, an air raid crash onto the tables. Johnny Gargano reverse it and puts champer through the tables. Now the ref calls to the back to get uh, stretcher to bring it uh, to bring it for him. All the while, and there's about a five minute period where he's been tended to, and the entire time Gargano sits there. <laughs> and it's brilliant. Yeah. And then there's just... one moment where he's sitting, he's almost absent-mindedly stroking where his wedding ring used to be. Yeah. And that I didn't want the commentary team to say anything there. I wanted you know, the audience to be able to go, he's stroking the part where his wedding ring was. Yeah. Is he thinking about you know the fact that Champa was his best man? This is where they've gone, or is he thinking you've gone too far this time, Champa? I, <laughs> I don't want Vic Joseph or I even Percy Watson to be you know telling me what I should be thinking at that point. It's such a nice, simple story beat. Let us do the work.
0: Yeah, I have am, am I been
1: too picky, or is that something that you thought as well?
0: No, I, I agree, but I think it's just the way. The, t- the way stuff is now, everything has to be micromanaged and explained to people in case somebody doesn't get it somewhere.
1: But I think that's one of the big differences between the WWE product and the New Japan product mm-hmm. because uh, Kevin Kelly and Don Callis don't necessarily do that.
0: Yeah, because um, I think they, they sort of expect people to come in with a bit, of, a bit of
1: no. Yeah, as I think because WWE is a PG product. They almost, not dumb it down, but sometimes perhaps they feel the need to simplify it slightly. Yeah. They don't want to go too abstract, which is a shame because I think this is a match where it could have benefited. Anyway, has taken off on a stretcher. Johnny Gargano eventually snaps. Crowd goes mental. He goes after the stretcher, beats up the doctors who are in suits. <laughs> I don't really understand that. Um, Carries the stretcher down back to the stage while is shouting no, 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 which is amazing. No. Um, Gets him in the ring, locks him in the Gargano escape, then handcuffs him, does the Gargano escape again, beats up a load of um, security, they drag him out of the ring, um, keeps trying to beat up security, goes to the ringside, eventually Ciampa manages to get him into a draping DDT whilst still handcuffed, and hits him onto the exposed wood of the ring, which we talked about earlier. One, two, three, and Champa is your winner. Now, this for me is the right result.
0: Yeah, had to be, yeah.
1: Uh... Yeah. I mean, for all the great characters, and I know you are a massive, massive mark for Champa and the work he does. I of it. Yeah. <laughs> and I must admit there was one bit after um Champa really early on at heard Johnny Gogarner when he was lying on the outside and Champa was lying in the ring with his head in his hands. <laughs> just watching Johnny, it was just beautiful. It was so simple, it just it, it. was awesome, um, and of course, you know, as the crowd shouted, "You are the Devil champer. <laughs> Definitely so not over the top there, but a really, really good match. Four and a half stars from Meltzer for you, which was better, this one or the first one? Um,
0: I think this one. I, I don't agree. know. I think uh, story-wise, it was better. Especially with the wedding ring stuff, and obviously knowing what had come before it helped. Yeah. But he had all the stuff, like you say, like obviously Gargano had planted that sign in the crowd, knowing that they were going to go there. That's just I love stuff like that, and which showed intent what he what he was going to do. He Didn't just want to win; he wanted to really brutalise champa
1: and that was the thing even the thing where we had no pinfalls for the first 10 minutes, not even no attempted pinfalls, you know, that it almost didn't need Nigel McGuinness to say, you know, yeah. the has maybe because they just want to hurt each other. It was just, it was implied and that was, you know, I think there was more storyline to this one than the second one, uh, sorry, than the first one.
0: But, I just wonder if this um, if this lines up to go for
1: the championship if he goes if he goes for the championship, I mean the next the next takeover I believe is take over Brooklyn four. Because it's SummerSlam is the next big one, isn't it? Yeah. So let's have a quick look, shall we?
0: So uh, I just think I think it's gonna be I think maybe the story will be Champ just no, we're done and Gargana's still sort of kinda chasing them. Yeah, and Champ was just like no, we're done. I'm moving on, sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Well, the next one is uh, NXT Takeover Brooklyn Four on Saturday, the August of uh, August eighteenth. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, pl- plenty of time. Yeah, plenty of time to build up. I think that we will have, um, going for that. To be perfectly honest.
0: Would that be Black Drop in it?
1: You think? I think so, before SummerSlam and then i black yeah. debut on main roster after yeah. SummerSlam saying that, we say that it probably won't happen, but <laughs> we'll see um, so just before we go into Money in the Bank, and I'm going to say now, spoilers, if you don't want to know what happened to the WWE United Kingdom tournament on Monday, okay I'm sure that most of you already know because it was plastered all over Facebook and Twitter without spoiler alerts right. so Thank you everyone for that <laughs> um if you don't want to hear it skip ahead for another like two minutes okay I've given you enough warning right <laughs> what do you think of mustache Mountain taking the NXT tag belts
0: um I, to be honest I just I was shocked but I just thought why there's no There's been no build. There's been no reason. Um, I'm guessing they're going to now be on NXT. I'm hoping so. But I don't know. I just... I don't know. Why do it there?
1: Well, for me there's been a feud brewing between Pete Dunne and the Undisputed Era. Mm -hmm. He enlisted the help of uh, Mustache Mountain, who of course, on the British indie scene, are British strong style. Yeah, and that will then, I assume, be the basis of a few between, obviously, Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong, when he comes back, Bobby Fish, mm-hmm. and then Tyler Bate and Trent Seven, and mm-hmm. then you've got the few between Pete Dunn and um, Cole. Adam Cole. So, so does that
0: mean? Does that mean Pete Dunn's now fierce?
1: Was it just a uh, sort of? I think by default that means that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, oh, who knows? Who knows? We'll look at uh, money in, in the background I mean, anyway. It, I mean,
0: it was interesting. So yeah, it, it, definitely it sort of sort of put a bit of a spotlight on it. So it's good. And I think
1: I as well, we'll get a bit of context once the actual show comes out tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Because I'm obviously the
1: it. entire thing has been filmed now, and we will get it not live, but a recorded version of it on the network at least. Yeah. So, we move on to Money in the Bank, which was on Sunday night. Um, the pre-show result, which is, as everyone expected, the Bludgeon Brothers retained their SmackDown Tag Team Championships against Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Though, it should be noted that the club actually pushed the Bludgeon Brothers further than they've been pushed yet. So I didn't
0: even see
1: it. <laughs> you, well, you didn't miss much, to be perfectly honest. But, you know... The club had a decent showing, which is more than they've had in God knows how long. Um, So we opened the show, which is what I thought we'd open with, just to hear the entire crowd shouting yes. We had Daniel Bryan taking on Big Cass. Um, This was better than their match at Backlash. Far better than their match at Backlash. But saying that, that's more of an indictment of how shit their match was at Backlash than... How good this one was! It was a lot less clunky. This one, I thought they worked a lot better together. This one, and it—it it was just altogether a better match.
0: Yeah, it was. It was a just an average, decent match. The problem is, there was no reason to care. No, really, there was no build. There was no story, really. And uh, I know this is probably going to piss off a lot of people, but I just really don't care about Daniel Bryan. <laughs> There's no. There's just no. I don't care that he's in this feud
1: with Big Cass. I think I mean, that's him, the problem.
0: Him getting the win means
1: absolutely nothing. No. That's the problem for me. It's not that I don't care about Daniel Bryan, it's because I don't care about the feud.
0: Yeah, and there's. The, I mean, WWE have given no reason for us to for anyone to really sort of care who wins.
1: The first moment that Daniel Bryan starts or reignites his feud with The Miz, Mm -hmm. then you will care. And I can guarantee that. Yeah,
0: that's what everybody's waiting for
1: as well. Yeah, Daniel Bryan versus anyone. Daniel Bryan versus Samoa Joe. Daniel Bryan Mm. versus even Shelton Benjamin. They had a fantastic match, you know, two, three weeks ago. But Big Cass, I don't know, he's just, he's, he's bland. He's vanilla, he's... A boring wrestler. There's nothing about Cass that makes me want to tune into WWE television. There's nothing Not about Big make... Cass that makes me want to look at one of his matches. In fact, the one thing that made me want to tune into Big Cass mas- matches, ironically, was Enzo. <laughs> um, now they're both gone? <laughs> now they're both gone. I mean, we should probably address that very, very quickly. Or are you going to miss him?
0: Not in the slightest.
1: Nope, nah, <laughs> nor am I. And apparently, he sounds like he was a huge twat backstage. Yeah. So. Uh, unfortunately, it sounds like he got what he deserved. Don't get me wrong; I hope he goes on to do fantastic things. I just hope that he doesn't do them in WWE. I um, hope we
0: do it. I hope we do get a um, Daniel Bryan versus Joe feud.
1: A Daniel Bryan versus Joe feud would be absolutely fantastic.
0: They they had some good matches in Ring of Honor.
1: They did. Samoa so the Joe clearly. versus anyone would be absolutely fantastic. <laughs> um, we then moved on to. Uh, Bobby so Lashley fun. taking on Sami Zayn.
0: Um, it's, it's another one. It's an, just another one that just... It's What happened to SmackDown?
1: <laughs> I mean... And for Tyrell, like just. The feud itself is absolute dog shit. And <laughs> unfortunately, it sounds like this match was put in place to get Sami Zayn off television so he could have much needed surgery, which unfortunately yeah. is taking him out of action until 2019. So no more Sami Zayn for the rest of the year, which is unfortunate yeah. because actually I really like him and I really like his heel persona. It's just this mm-hmm. feud was so poorly written. Um, Lastly, one with three stalling suplexes um, with some weird back body drops in the middle for no reason, and then pin Sami Zayn with one hand.
0: This is um, this is one where obviously before we knew about the injury, I was watching it and I mean because the the crowd. Actually quite big cheers for Sami Zayn and nobody cared about Lashley no and
1: absolutely
0: not nobody, and there was no oohs, ours cheers like or anything for the whole match and then I mean Lashley was going at an absolute snail's
1: pace but was that to sort of I keep the lengthen was that to, sort of yeah to help Zayn maybe
0: so, uh, I think so yeah because I put I, I, I like initially wrote in my notes, obviously before we knew about the injury, I said, this is one, like, an absolute, but a squash. And I said it, Vince must have booked it. But obviously now we know yeah, it was just a reason to get him off. But... Yeah.
1: So, I mean, six minutes, this match was throwaway.
0: Yeah.
1: And if this was a culmination to a feud, I mean, Jesus Christ. Hopefully now, and obviously we've had the announcement that Lashley and Reigns are the new or are two of the men in the Fatal 5-way mm. um, main event in Extreme Rules. Hopefully this means, well, Ashley will start to get some momentum behind him, and luckily, you know, it takes him out of this feud. Hopefully Sami Zayn's going to recover. I'd love him to win the Royal Rumble. He's not going to, but it's the end of this feud, and that's the main thing, because this was yeah. dog shit, and the yeah. feud, we had no payoff here. Absolutely no. not. However... This match, the Intercontinental Championship match, which was the one that lost me the predictions, Um, not that I'm bitter. Um, So Elias taking on the champion, Seth Rollins. Opinions on this, Garth? I thought
0: it was all right. I thought it was good.
1: Yeah. I think Elias is a really good good wrestler.
0: He is. And he's good at... um, Well, both of them actually were good at making it feel quite urgent.
1: Yeah, it was done at a quick pace. Yeah. Really, really good. And I love the fact that once Seth tweaked his knee, Elias immediately focused on that mm-hmm. knee with everything. Part,
0: although I have got a note in uh he sort of seemed to pick and choose when his knee was hurting.
1: Well, I was gonna ask this. That, this is not the first match where Seth has come off the top rope, tweaked his knee. Yeah. Or, you know, an in inverted commas storyline tweaked his knee. I mean and how then many. Does times? The super kicks. Yeah, and then does super kicks. How many times is that going to play a part in a match? It's, yeah, I mean, it's... it was Mania 33, where it was the <laughs> big story point against Triple H. We've had over a year now, and yes, I know that Seth he probably isn't going to be right ever again after what he did. But does it have to play into every single match?
0: Yeah, it was really? the whole. Um, the, it was the whole bit where he he was t- sort of falling on the knee and everything like that, but then he managed to do a suplex. And then a falcon arrow? Yeah. And I know, again, like I've said it it before, you've got to suspend your disbelief, but you've got to... I know it sounds stupid, but you've got to try better to make people feel... Especially as the face feel sorry for you, that you are hurting, and that you fought, sort of battling through adversity.
1: But then, you say, obviously as a face, Seth then won by grabbing the tights.
0: That was a, such a shit ending as so. well.
1: It was. I mean, Elias went to lock in the drift away. Seth rolled him up for a pinfall and sort of grabbed his tights. It was all. It was. Re, it was an. It was mm-hmm. a sort of discreet one. And then the commentary team pointed it out. But he was like, "So does that mean Seth's heel? Yeah. Does that mean he'll just do I mean, what whatever it takes to win?" I mean, the whole the whole thing about that whole
0: Seth thing, the. I mean, even Graves mentioned why you're going to the top rope when you've got a bad knee. And I thought Graves was totally on point all yeah. night because yeah. he was calling people out on why you're doing that. Because uh, how, like, how many times do I see it now where somebody goes to the top rope either injured or somebody like Elias who would never normally straight away you think, well, this is a counter. We know he's not going to yeah. pull this off.
1: Exactly. And when he did go for the... Did he go for a frog splash that Elias countered? Yeah, um, and got the knees up which I thought Seth had originally on first year I thought Seth had got an entire face full of um, but I do know I what you mean he was... if he's going if he's if he's got a sore leg or a poorly knee and that's a major story beat, you've got to make sure that throughout the match it's utilised or you Look. sell it properly and Seth who's usually exceptionally good at selling
0: yeah, that's the thing. It's, it was. Surprising. It was
1: just. I mean, it was so. Oh shit! Yeah, my knee's supposed to hurt, it, isn't it?
0: Look at Charlotte when she had that the bad shoulder in that match. Yeah. She used it throughout, even for our finisher. Yeah. But I just. I don't know. I think that. I think they missed a. They missed a chance to sort of make this the best match.
1: Yeah, they did. They did. It was a good match, and don't get us wrong. This was a good match. There was some horrible. There
0: was there was a horrible dive at one point, where it looked like Seth completely missed. Then he just hit the floor.
1: Oh, yeah. Yes, I know what you mean. And then there was another one later on where he dived out. Elias caught him, launched him into the barricade, picked him up, yeah. launched him into the ring rope, picked him up, launched him into the ring steps. So I was like, <laughs> that's amazing heel work. Fantastic. So there, was,
0: there were some good parts. I think I just sort of lost it a bit Yeah, with the injury.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And we have been sort of negating the Meltzer ratings just a little bit. <laughs> Um, this match got three and a half stars. I think that's fair. Absolutely, that's what I probably would have given it. Big Cassis, Daniel Bryan got two and three quarters. I think that's a bit <laughs>
0: high. So you so rated that higher than the Bearsler match?
1: Yes, which I don't agree with at all. No. Um, Lashley Zayn got one and a quarter, but to be honest, that's no. too high anyway. <laughs> um, so that brings us on to the women's money in the bank ladder match, and this is the one I have such an issue with. Oh. I have such, I basically, ladies and gentlemen, I text Garth saying about how I hated the woman's Money in the Bank ladder match and I hated the outcome of a couple of the matches. This is the first one I hated the outcome of because for me, and we're going to jump straight to the end, why the fuck does Alexa Bliss need the briefcase? Of all the Uh, women in that match, she was the one who didn't need it. Literally anyone else.
0: I've got got loads of notes where... I've blatantly wrote these in in anger. <laughs>
1: well, for me, what annoyed me to start off with was the fact that every woman in this match took serious bumps, whether yeah. it be on ladders, on the outside. You know, you've got um, Emma Moon crossbodying Sasha Banks onto a ladder. You'd got Naomi jumping over a ladder, being hit in the face with a ladder. That was You've got was um, Charlotte spearing Emma Moon into a ladder. <laughs> You know, all these people. And genuinely, Alexa Bliss is missing for 60, 70% of this match.
0: Yeah. I've and got I'm that sorry. That's
1: thing. fine if you want to be a chicken shit heel. That's fine. But that isn't chicken shit heel. That's just annoying. Yeah. It seems to be
0: a sort of trend now with these matches where people just go missing. Completely miss Like, with no reason, without even having been sort of beaten down, they go missing.
1: <laughs> I just. I. I didn't. I've, I've got, got nothing so against Alexa Bliss. I really like Alexa Bliss. I think she's excellent on the microphone. I think she's improved exponentially in the ring. But for me, she was the one person I'd have preferred Lana to have won the briefcase than bloody Alexa Bliss. She spent so oh long God, atop I've... the women's division on Raw, and you had a chance here to make a story with Natalia, and Ronda Rousey, yeah, and yes. Nia Jax, and then you just put Alexa Bliss back as champion. So we've just gone full circle from Mania. It makes no sense whatsoever. And I understand, you know, later on in the night, again, spoilers, you know, you (laughs) didn't want Ronda Rousey or Nia Jax to lose. Fine, but don't tell me that Alexa Bliss, who was the heel in the feud with Nia Jax about the bullying thing, you know, (laughs) why is she then getting one over on Nia Jax again when we've had that feud finished? It makes... Physically no if, sense. There if is... they're gonna
0: do if they're gonna do it for the Nia Jax style sort of conniving heel, Sasha Banks can do that.
1: Literally anyone could have done that. It's just it made no sense for it to be Alexa Bliss.
0: What worries me is when you look at someone like Charlotte Flair, where's she now? She's not got her money in the bank, she's not got a title shot, she's not she's just sort of middling around. If it She's leads the...
1: into a feud with Becky, I'm fine.
0: Yeah, because they had a couple of good sort of, sort of uh, back and forth. So there had was some excellent good. back
1: and forth. Yeah, and this was but, a really, really good match.
0: I've got. I mean, my sort of thing
1: is I've got
0: it down as a good match, but so many stupid parts.
1: There was one part where, and I know you've got, you've got things <laughs> about this. There was a part in the women's match where Sasha Banks comes off a ladder. Someone's pushing the ladder, and Natalia and Charlotte are waiting for her. At the yes. bottom and they've been there for a while. <laughs> and um for Sasha to do the double knees on Natalia and Charlotte, which was a really good spot and a really good idea. But the fact that the two women had been waiting there for her to do it for what seemed yeah. like about an hour and a half ruined it for me slightly. I
0: just got I don't know, I've got so many There's a bit where it's like There's a bit where um was it Charlotte was on Charlotte's on the ladder, Natalia grabs her in a powerbomb position, and there's a ladder in the corner. And I thought, yes, she's going to do it. She picked her up, walked around the ladder, and then slammed down on the mat. <laughs> I thought, why would you do that if you want to win this match? You smash into the like the turnbuckle or whatever, get up the ladder. And honestly, I, I can't. I, was, I, I can't take Lana seriously.
1: Her she Russian just accent's reminds, gone completely now, hasn't it? She,
0: her, everything about her just reminds me of the Divas. She couldn't even barely lift the ladder in this match. Yeah. She's really struggled, and I'm sorry, but she needs to go back just down to Vallotton and learn to wrestle, because she was dog
1: shit. I mean, she's <laughs> never professed to be the greatest wrestler, has I mean, she? And I think she, she wrote the coattails of being in a match with far better women.
0: She took a bump, and she took some pretty bad sort of... She's on the yeah. ladders, but I don't know, there's just so much I get that they're not used to doing this and it's new, but there was so much set up on a lot of it and again, there was parts of them where they were laughing at each other and you don't know whether they were it was real or if they were genuinely like, shit, what do we do? <laughs> and there's a bit where um, they were outside the ring and Natalia was standing with the ladder against the ring for what seemed like about two minutes, waiting for somebody to come and kick it. And it's just stuff like that that really just takes me out completely. No, um, the sl- the slow climbing, which is where it's blatant, like yeah, where the you can't even... what,
1: you can't say that just purely on this match. That's oh, no, every no, no, no. WWE every match. ladder but, match. I mean,
0: even so early in a match when you think these people are. Jumping over the ropes and things, and then they get the ladder, and it's like they become so lethargic and all that sort of stuff. I mean, the same thing happens on the other match, and it, it does me head in. Don't climb it; just I don't know, just wait. Or it's the to me, it's it's the WWE ladder match way. Now that's the way it is. They've got to do that slow climb, and pretend that they're sort of wrecked.
1: <laughs> um. I'm gonna move away from this before you blow a gasket. Um, yeah. so oh shit. Okay, so we're now got broken <laughs> range, gender, fuck's sake. Um do you know what? Unpopular I, opinion, I didn't hate this match.
0: You know what? I, I've got this down, right? I've got a good match.
1: Yeah, it but was? the crowd,
0: but the crowd fucked it. Yeah. Oh god. And I've and I've got I've got fuck you, Chicago, <laughs> in me notes. Well, because talk about a smart crowd, Jesus Christ. It was... It's, it, it really, really started annoying us, the, the chance that they were doing. Just, just I would have loved it if Reigns just turned around and said, look, screw you guys, and just walked away. Yeah. We've said just...
1: many times that it's not Reigns' fault. And to be fair, this match wasn't bad. And if they were watching, this match was actually... You know, the stuff with Sunil Singh was really good. It was, it was... really funny. I loved yeah. that. And, you know... Reigns and Jinder were putting on a really good match. Mm-hmm. Not well, not a really good match. A, a better match than they had any right to put on. I One thought the better mean, matches.
0: The the the, the video they did really set a good. I had nothing. Like I I saw bits of the feud, but I didn't really sort of buy into it. But the video made it look like a proper, like a good feud.
1: Yeah, it wasn't. it's not been a bad feud, but, it's just that people are so now obsessed with booing Roman Reigns as opposed to listening to what he's saying, or watching his matches where he's, you know, chance of you can't wrestle, fuck you, yes he can wrestle. Yeah, and I like the whole thing
0: where Jinder was blatantly slowing things down and taking his time just to piss people off.
1: Yeah. Jinder was absolutely lapping it up, which is amazing. So, well played, Jinder, in this match. But, You've heard but then, But
0: then the crowd started shouting, let's go, Jinder. And you're just like,
1: come on. Yeah, well, it's better than Velveteen, CM Punk, we want beach balls.
0: Let's go Cena, Cena Stux, the Elite. Everything? It was everything? Let's just, go beach ball. Yeah, it's what, y, Y2J.
1: <laughs> they, they literally had everything. It's chanting. What is that going to do? What is that going to
0: do? If that's if it's such a big deal use this match as your piss break. yeah go and get a drink don't go out of your way to try and sort of make this about the crowd you? like just I know these people have paid their money that the, it's they can do what they want and I totally understand that but I just think you're there for a reason buy into it yeah
1: no I agree with you
0: it's like it's like going to a player of pantomime it might not be what you want, but you still go along with it. And you boo in your sort of cheer or whatever, but you don't go there and try and hijack it.
1: No. No, I agree. And it's a shame. I mean Roman Reigns won with a spear, obviously, which we all knew was gonna happen.
0: Yeah. Um, I love well, the bit where he punched uh, Singh and he just did this over elaborate sort of <laughs> backwards bump over his chair. <laughs> the
1: the bumping the Sings have taken for Jinder over the last year are fantastic. Um, you know, at the hands of Randy Orton and now Roman Reigns, but it's just I don't know. Um, if you'd have, if we'd have watched it on mute, this would have been a good match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you were far more preoccupied in listening to the chants and yeah. you know getting annoyed with the crowd. CM Punk, what is the point in chanting CM Punk now? Oh, if CM Punk had come out an interview and said, you know what, I still want to wrestle. Fine, chant yeah. CM Punk. He's come out and openly said, "I don't like wrestling. I don't want to come back." So what's the I w- point?
0: I was actually thinking while went, like during this match, I was thinking: imagine if CM Punk came out, took out Jinder
1: and then raised Roman Reigns' on him at the end. Oh, <laughs> that would have been amazing to do that in Chicago as well. The smocks would just literally explode. Oh, be amazing. It'd be absolutely amazing. Anyway, we're we're angry at that match. We're angry with the women's ladder match. Let's let's move on to oh for fuck's sake! What was <laughs> Carmella and Asuka? Oh holy fuck! <laughs> oh now we're going to need uh, we're going
0: to need um, parental advisory on this one.
1: <laughs> fuck! Me. Now I'm going to make this short and sweet because I do not want to talk about this match. Asuka for those who don't know, is possessor of one of the longest undefeated streaks in history. And she was beaten by Charlotte at WrestleMania. The streak ended. Yeah, Fine. Enough. I agree with that. Carmella, <laughs> Carmella, the valet of Enzo and Cass, beat her clean. She beat Asuka yeah. clean because of James Ellsworth coming back in. an in an Asker mask. Which Asker f- sold as though she'd just seen the Exorcist. I know, it was like It was the longest <laughs> longest sort of delayed reaction I've ever seen.
0: To be fair, Ellsworth's faces were class.
1: Like Ellsworth is uh, brilliant, but I popped hard for that. The entire really thing good. was just so contrived and so much bullshit.
0: I've just got notice I haven't really got many notes for this, I I just said it's like a drab. It's drab. Asuka should be up against much better people than this. Asuka should be
1: champion. The fact that she has been in the company, been in the main roster, for, what, almost a year, and she hasn't won the title, is bollocks. I can't
0: believe Carmella kept that title as well.
1: And fine. You know, yes, she's supposed to. Is she even supposed to be a heel? Is she a heel? I think she's I
0: have a no hero I think I think so. But, but then I'm when
1: just... it, but, but then when you bring Ellsworth in, it
0: immediately puts it more of a face because I don't he's...
1: Know. it just it wound me up as much. <laughs> I, just,
0: I just put this I just put match was garbage, but Ellsworth was good.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, and it was just I I just hate Carmella's character. The fact that he swerved us all. Yeah, supposedly being in India. Prick. Um Yeah, so Carmella won. Asker got distracted by James Ellsworth, who was dressed as Asker and looked really hilarious. <laughs> Carmella won with a kick to the head and rolled her up for the victory. And fuck's sake. Um Lord knows who's gonna be the new number one contender for Carmela. Hopefully Asker had extreme rules and hopefully she absolutely eviscerates James Ellsworth. Um anyway, we come now to the match that everyone was praying was going to be good. We had AJ Styles taking on Shinsuke Nakamura in a last-man-standing match for the WWE Championship. And for me, this is the best match we've had between these two. This is my match of
0: the night as well.
1: Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. This was a really, really good match. And, you know, we've been built up to be knocked down so many times when it's come to these two that... I'm really happy they put on a great match. And they were brutally hard on each other as well. They were. They All the way through. properly, properly hit each other. I mean, with the chairs, with, you know, for every phenomenal forearm that Styles hit Nakamura with, it just, it looked and felt like he was just proper jawing him.
0: Yeah.
1: And there was I a lovely the- bit where Styles went for a phenomenal forearm, Styles, Nakamura just had a chair and smacked him in the face with it, which was really funny.
0: Yeah. The bit where he knocked him from the corner ropes and he hit the ropes and then hit the mat. Yeah. Just the... a lot of that way it was just sort of. It, you could tell it. It was just so. What's the word? Unpretty. <laughs> Unpretty. Yeah, just, just brutal, just doing everything they could to hurt each
1: other. Yeah. I mean, the Man. styles clash off the steps.
0: Yeah, that was class.
1: But did you see how close Shinsuke's head was to the edge of the steps? Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ! There was a bit,
0: there was a bit where um, he did the sort of jump on off the barricade, and Styles just missed the corner of the noun's desk as well. Oh God!
1: There was um, the, there was a lovely bit where he did um, where Shinsuke had got Styles on the table, and as he was taking the tops off the other tables, the swagger was <laughs> incredible. It was a proper like Michael Jackson swagger. So cool. Took all the tops off the tables and then hit him with a Kinshasa, which was brilliant. He ran across all the tables. Yeah, across all the tables, which was just brilliant.
0: There's a bit where he—I love that bit where he puts his sort of foot in his face and then just does the shake.
1: Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the good vibrations.
0: The yeah, and he's doing it on the steps.
1: <laughs> I mean, ev- everything they did was brilliant, and it seems that finally they've—you know—they've basically said, right, just go at each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, you know everything that Shinsuke threw at AJ. AJ kept getting back up using the ring ropes to get up, using the tables to get up, and eventually Shinsuke just lost it, and Mm -hmm. it sort of, sort of played against him because obviously then AJ Styles hit Shinsuke with the um, Styles Clash off the steps. Um, Shinsuke eventually got up and did the Come On, to which (laughs) AJ just bunted him in the bollocks, which was really funny. um he then got him on the table and then phenomenal forearm through the announce table and oh, that was the end of the match aj retained <laughs> which i was very surprised about um and i think everyone else was as well it casts a lot of doubt as to where shinsuke is going next though again because we've kept this you know we've kept this in the in the bank you know ha huh, we've From kept it in the bank for a week um we know that Shinsuke's pretty much nailed on to go into a feud with Jeff Hardy for the United States Championship, which He will lose because he's been done on a DUI again, wasn't he? Exactly. So <laughs> Shinsuke's gonna end up with the United States Championship, which is fine. <laughs> you know, I'm happy with that. And Especially Rusev... when you can't speak English. Mate, Rusev is the new number one contender. Jesus. At Extreme Rules. How amazing so, would it be if Rusev won that championship? So
0: Rusev is Definitely full on face now then.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. He's Finally. got no, he won't, no, he won't be Willie. He? He'll be heel because AJ's going to be face. Oh
0: yes, yeah, suppose
1: not there's, there's no way that they're going to give in to us that much. They've already given us <laughs> Rusev, you know, with a title shot. This has never happened. I'm, I'm buzzing for that. I really am.
0: <sighs> I know, but isn't is just going to be a squash?
1: Right. Will you stop <laughs> shitting on my dreams? I've had to talk about Carmella versus Asuka. Okay? Just, I'm just not, just not going to buy it. into that air. I'm not
0: going to get hyped.
1: Not, not you yet. need to stay hyped. Um, <laughs> oh, God, Mojo Rawley. Oh. Um, anyway, stop so it. this brought us on to our semi-main event, which was a match that everyone was looking forward to, actually, which was Ronda Rousey taking on Nia Jax for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. And you said earlier about video packages. This video package, again, got me hyped for the match. Mm-hmm. Rousey got an absolutely amazing reception once again. You
0: know, Jax didn't.
1: <laughs> Jax didn't. Jax got nothing, which was looked, quite she, harsh.
0: She, she looked really nervous.
1: She jumped. did,
0: yeah. She did. And. <sighs> I was When I was watching Ronda Rousey come down, just smiling and all that, I couldn't. The first thing I thought was, I can't wait for her to turn heel. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: I'd love for them to just have, like, the four horse women of MMA, just, you know. Have a faction and just own the women's division for like a year. Yeah. It'll be amazing. But this match, I think people were a bit nervous. It's Ronda Rousey's first singles match. Absolutely no need to be because these two put on a really, really good match. Yeah, that well, was good. Yeah, it was decent. Um, you know, obviously the story of the match was can Ronda Rousey put on the armbar? <laughs> um, and Nia Jax kept reversing it. Power bombing her. <laughs> Power bombing her hitting her with a pop-up Samoan drop, which Rousey kicked out of. There was loads of... She did... Um, Ronda Rousey had the judo flips on Nia Jax, which, you know, was really, really strong. She it did made a, her look fantastic.
0: She did an unbelievable, like, samboplex. <laughs> sort of... Lift, like Basically like a, like a suplex on bloody Nia Jax.
1: Yeah, which, you know, again, Nia Jax is a strong, powerful woman. This it's not easy suplexing it at all. And Rousey, again, I think she performed far better than she had any right to perform in this match. Yeah, There was a lovely moment where... <laughs> this really annoyed me. Um, <laughs> Rousey was in a bear hug and Jacks was proper giving it. And Coach said, you know, this could work in Ronda Rousey's favour. It's giving her a bit of a rest. Yeah, Corey Graves, are like, what are you talking about? Is that where you said uh, how are you still employed? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love Corey Graves; he's brilliant. Um, but obviously, Rousey, towards the end of the match, started to gain the upper hand. She eventually got Nia Jackson in position for the um, the armbar. Nia Jax sold it brilliantly. To in her to her credit, she screamed the place down, which was amazing. I thought, uh... I thought Rhonda's selling was really good in this as well. Ronda's was Rhonda's facial expressions are brilliant. So There was a there was the bit where she got
0: like sort of power bombed and she sort of got up but then fell backwards out of the ring. Oh yeah, I forgot
1: about that.
0: And it was like I was like, was that supposed to happen? But it looked so good because it looked like a sort of aftershock of the power bomb.
1: To be fair, even if it wasn't supposed to happen, it reminded me of Kyle O'Reilly when <laughs> He got um, hit by the authors of pain oh, and yeah, he stood straight you. back up with his fists up and then just fell out of the ring <laughs> it reminded me of that um, I thought
0: it was so good but then because he had to overdo it when Ronda Rousey did that crossbody coach Cole went absolutely mental for it
1: yeah he did he didn't it was like come on we, we've seen this before well, <laughs> by by many other people you know just because <laughs> Ronda Rousey's done it doesn't mean you have to you know <laughs> blow your load um, Anyway, Rousey had Nia Jax in the armbar, looked like it was going to be it, and then Alexa Bliss cashed in.
0: Which I loved. I did like Which, that. Which,
1: yeah, was, you know, if you're going to give the briefcase to Bliss, it was absolutely the right thing to happen. Bliss went absolutely mental on both of them with the briefcase, um, said she was cashing in, and hit Twisted Bliss on Nia Jax for the victory, and becomes a five-time women's champion. She's Brilliant. been on the main roster for two years,
0: and Asuka hasn't had it once.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I don't. I do really like Alexa Bliss. I just feel like after Mania, take a backseat from the main sort of main event scene. Just even for six months, give another woman the chance. You know, you've got Sasha Banks, you've got Bailey, you've got Ember Moon coming through. You know, I don't feel like she needed. I,
0: I would like to have seen Ember Moon. I would have liked to see Emma Moon when that briefcase, actually. Because then they could start working on that character.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, there is that. But Alexa Bliss, obviously, cashed in. She's now your Raw Women's Champion. Ronda Rousey on Raw the next night, then absolutely destroyed Alexa Bliss and Kurt Angle, and is now suspended for 30 days. So that's <laughs> added an extra dimension to Ronda Rousey's character. So even though I have massive, re- or had... Massive reservations about Alexa Bliss taking the briefcase. The storyline itself has been okay. It's it's played out okay. I can't complain too much.
0: I think I think it would be interesting if they kept if Rousey kept getting into the situation for the belt and she kept getting sort of somehow screwed out of it. If it just kept happening,
1: well, there will be no quite appearance quite Stephanie McMahon. Which I thought I so I imagine that'll be the next if they're going to go down that line, which would be a very interesting line to go down. I think that'll be the next stage. Mm-hmm. Will be yeah. Stephanie McMahon coming down and screwing around the title. Surely,
0: I think it'll be good because she can then get the whole sort of she can have the the Bret Hart chip on your shoulder thing.
1: Yes, I agree. I agree. Um. And then we moved on to the main event, which was, ironically, the Money in the Bank ladder match for the World Championship, which (laughs) it was, like, outperforming, you know, considering the WWE Championship was halfway down the card, and the Universal Championship wasn't on the card. So, (laughs) we had the ladder match between The Miz, Samoa Joe, Rusev, Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, Bobby Roode, Braun Strowman, and one member of the New Day, who we were all convinced would be Big E, and (laughs) was Kofi Kofi. Kingston, which... To be honest, looking back on it, we should have thought it's a high-flying match. Of course, yeah. it's going to be Kofi Kingston.
0: I just thought they would have had Big E as a sort of go off for um, Braun. But,
1: but I suppose you've got Samoa he... Joe for that. And Joe... there was a lovely bit between Braun and Samoa Joe, where on
0: the next to the big ladder,
1: yeah, where you know they <laughs> didn't look where Joe didn't look weak now did Braun? So you know, but
0: Joe did that sort of flying elbow, didn't he?
1: Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> and then he shouted at, um... get your ass up there, Owens. Kevin Owens, yeah. Oh, that... <laughs> I will, we will talk about that, actually. They were all on the outside, and Braun was destroying someone. I can't remember who it was. And Samoa Joe flung himself suicide dive out of the ring and just hit him with a forearm, and it just looked <laughs> amazing. Picture perfect. It was incredible. The match started, though. And for all Kevin Owens over the past couple of weeks saying, we need to team up on Braun, they all did eventually team up on Braun, battered him up the ramp towards the stage, buried him in ladders. <laughs>
0: that was good.
1: It was really good. Um,
0: it made sense as well, because it meant that Braun didn't need to be in the match for a long
1: time. Yeah, exactly. Which hid the fact that Braun would be gassed, which is a oh really God, good he idea. He looked, um, looked
0: so, so like ready to drop.
1: Yes, he did. And he wasn't in the match for that long either, was he? Um yeah. We then had, you know, for, for me, we had a really, really good Money in the Band liner match. There was mm-hmm. loads of things going on. There was a lovely team up between Samoa Joe and Rusev. Rusev, at one point, had three men in the Accolade at the same time, which was a brilliant moment. And then Samoa Joe had Rusev in the Kakina clutch. It yeah. just looked, it was just a really, really cool visual. You had, I just loved
0: it how. Um, how- Corey Graves called it the stacker lead. The stacker
1: late. Oh, fair play. Word play. Absolutely love it. We had Finn Balogu going off the top of a ladder onto Bobby Roode, giving him the coup de grace, which looked like it I, legitimately hurt. Yeah. We had Moussa going mental with matchka kicks. Oh, fantastic. I,
0: I legit thought Miz was going to win it at one point as well.
1: There was we no one around there. Miz for ages when he was up there. Then he had and he to had proper his, make it look like he was snuggly. Yeah. Um. But, Rusev, Rusev versus Joe yeah, that was good. Yeah, to be honest, this entire setup I thought, worked. It's a bit um, where um, Braun sort of just bulldozed
0: through the ladder. Oh,
1: that was amazing. Snapped it in half. Finn Balor decides <laughs> that he is now Billy Big Bollocks. He goes up to the stage, picks up a bigger ladder, which, of course, awakens Braun. Um, Braun then destroys <laughs> <grabs> everyone. <laughs> absolutely pelts it down the ramp where I think it's Bobby Roode and is it Kofi or is it Miz?
0: It's
1: uh... there's it's it's two people anyway. No, it's not Kofi. Yeah, it's not
0: Kofi because he's. I think he picked him up before and slams him.
1: Oh yeah. Um, and just literally bulldozes through the middle of a ladder, which bends and sends the two (laughs) men flying. Um, there's a horrible bit where Braun is up on the stage and body slams Kofi onto a ladder. Yeah. And I don't know whether it's just because it looks lazy or whether it's because you know he slipped or. It just looked really sloppy. And the way yeah. Kofi lands, the small of his back like on the ladder... On the corner of the ladder. Yeah, yeah. it looked very, very sore. I don't um, think... I, th- I
0: thought I thought Bobby Roode didn't really get much out of this.
1: Bobby Roode was a pretty much a non-entity throughout, wasn't yeah. he? He didn't hit any glorious DDTs. Um, it was very... Yeah, it just... I don't know. To be honest, I was surprised that he was given the chance in this match anyway. Um, but, you know, I suppose there's got to be someone who takes all the beatings. Um,
0: We had Kevin Owens going off the top. of.
1: Yeah, we had... um, (laughs) Yeah, we had Samoa Joe and Rusev taking Braun Strowman up to the top. They placed him on a ladder after beating him up a minute. uh, Sorry, on the table. uh, Beating him up, (laughs) and then Samoa Joe yells at Kevin Owens to get his ass up the ladder. It's like a 15-foot ladder as well. It's massive. (laughs) Uh, Owens ascends to the top. Braun wakes up gets the drop Kevin Owens <laughs> realises and tries to get so back down the ladder he's like no please no <laughs> Braun grabs him carries him back to the top of the ladder and just launches him off it into the tables and it's a huge huge drop Um. so fair play to Kevin Owens for taking that Um. ultimately we have a monster in the bank because Braun Strowman eventually took the briefcase yeah Happy with it? Um,
0: I I, I know I said uh, some more Joe, but I kind of knew that Braun would win it. I was hoping the Miz was going to win it because I thought I generally thought he was going to do it, but I, th- I think for where they're going with it, i I think it is the right choice.
1: Yeah. Um, to be I honest,
0: ever, I could never see Miz going up against Brock.
1: No. I mean. You look at that. The only person I could see not winning that ladder match was Rude. Yeah. Um, because you've got Balor, Owens, Bobby Roode, and Braun, who had you know who would have taken on Brock. You've got Miz, Samoa Joe, Rusev, and a member of the New Day who would take on AJ, and definitely all four from SmackDown. I could see taking on AJ. Mm-hmm. And again, I'd love to see Owens versus Brock. I'd love to see Finn versus Brock. Bobby Roode isn't there yet. Nah. they've not done enough with him since he's been on the main roster. They fucked him up on Smackdown by making him a face. So, I think uh, he needs uh, some more time. He needs to turn heel. He needs to do what he did in NXT before they even put him anywhere near the title picture. Yeah. I
0: just worry that he hasn't got much time left.
1: Yes. I also agree with that. And it's slightly concerning especially after his fantastic run in TNA and his fantastic run in NXT cuz he was brilliant yeah. in NXT for the short time he was there. Um So yeah, that was money in the bank and it was far better than last year because last year was absolute tripe. Mm -hmm. Um, This year, yes, it had some weird shit moments. The lashley Zane match, Carmella beating Asuka. To me, the nonsensical winner of the women's ladder match. But we had some really, really good matches. We had AJ Styles versus Shinsuke breaking their duck of shit matches. Ronda Rousey versus Nia Jax was a really good match. Alexa Bliss catching in. We saw the cash-in, which, again, we both liked, even though I wasn't a fan of Alexa Bliss ca- winning it to start off with. And the men's ladder match was really fun. So, overall, I think this was a decent pay-per-view. Yeah, it
0: was good. It was... Um,
1: it's the best main event pay-per-view they've put on in a while. Uh, main event, main roster pay-per-view they've put on in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Came before. <laughs> well yeah, backlash didn't exactly backlash. set the bar very high, did it? <laughs> but yes, there it is. Money in the Bank twenty eighteen and NXT Takeover Chicago two. Join us on Thursday after the England game. After the England game, ladies and gentlemen. So it might be late. Might be Friday. Let's call it Friday. Really? Um, where we will be reviewing a new retro pay-per-view podcast. It seems like ages and ages ago since Garth chose his. He chose Slammiversary from 2006. Uh, We will be reviewing that this week. But in the meantime, let us know what you thought of Money in the Bank 2018. Let us know what you thought about NXT TakeOver Chicago 2. Talk to us about the Dave Meltzer ratings, whether you preferred this incarnation of Gargano and Champa or the previous one. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Castbox, all good podcasting apps. If you fancy it, you can follow me on Twitter at @realrobgoodwin. Where can they find you, Garth? Uh, at drummer Jackson. And we will talk to you guys again soon.
0: Yeah, take it easy.